Welcome to the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On-Call Capital. On-Call Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. On-Call Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today. And now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. And before we get started, I have to tell you about an amazing apartment investment opportunity. On Call Capital is partnering in the acquisition of Windsor Court Apartments, an 84-unit community in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis. The minimum investment for this opportunity is only $25,000, and the returns are estimated at over 10% cash on cash with an equity multiple of 2.14x over a three to six year hold. That means you can double your money in around six years or less while producing passive income for yourself. This investment is for accredited investors only, and there's limited space available, so you'll want to act quickly to secure your spot. If you're interested in more information, please reach out to me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com or by scheduling a call with me using the link in the show notes. Now, throughout my journey in finding a plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid in your search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique, and a plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make, since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Now, our topic today is one that I've always seen as something that other people do. You know, it, it seems too complicated on the surface to be a legitimate side gig. However, as online retail has exploded in the last several years with companies like Amazon, Alibaba, and Shopify leading the way, this topic has grown too big to ignore. Our rabbit hole of the day is dun, 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 e-commerce. Shopping online used to be a matter of convenience or even a treat to some. The pandemic changed that, and now online shopping is a necessity for thousands around the world. Brick-and-mortar stores that temporarily closed may never open again. The amount of interest in e-commerce is unprecedented right now as folks jockey to create sustainable businesses. Let's look at the opportunity here. According to Statista, retail e-commerce sales tripled from $1.5 trillion in 2015 to $4.9 trillion in 2021. And that number is expected to continue to climb to above $7 trillion by 2025. E-commerce accounted for nearly 20% of retail sales worldwide, and it's expected to make up close to 25% of all retail sales by 2025. Implementation of 4G and 5G technology for connectivity purposes is expected to have a positive impact on market growth as it provides a seamless experience for users. And as such, the adoption of smartphones is rising significantly, across the world, increasing exposure to online shopping and expanding the customer base. This is a market on the rise. Of course, these changes are also breaking down some of the barriers to entry for retailers. 
Despite increasing market costs of Google and Facebook ads, marketing options are actually in abundance to help drive the market forward. And that connectivity we talked about earlier, it provides opportunities for aspiring retailers to enter into e-commerce more easily as well. It can be cheaper to start an online retail business because you don't have to spend so much on infrastructure and communication. Now, e-commerce revenue can be broken into two types, B2B or business to business. This is a transaction that takes place between one business and another. While the buying process may take longer, a B2B customer is not likely to just purchase one or two small items. In fact, you're more likely to see large quantities of products and or repeat purchases with a B2B client who's interested in making smart business decisions. This segment makes up a little over 60% of the market. Next is B2C or business to consumer. This is a transaction that takes place between a business and an individual as the end customer. Since the customer is the decision maker when it comes to buying the product, they are more subject to buying products on a whim or spur of the moment. This makes these types of sales and the marketing campaigns that accompany them a bit more emotionally driven. This segment makes up a little under 40% of the market. And yes, there are other models out there, consumer to consumer, you know, think eBay or Craigslist here, uh, consumer to business, you can think of a sole proprietor serving a larger business, uh, business to government and vice versa, consumer to government and vice versa. They just aren't that critical for us to dwell on uh, for purposes of, of this particular episode. Starting an e-commerce business, though, can be daunting, even if there are numerous opportunities out there. And I mean, it's just enormous, the different types of businesses that are available. And that's because there's just a, a really big learning curve here. You have to set up your e-commerce store, protect yourself legally, get your finances in order, market and sell your product, and start building your store. Now, I'm going to give you a step-by-step overview of the process here with the idea that you will need to dive deeper on your own. This is a very broad overview of the steps necessary to get going, and it won't actually look exactly the same for everyone in practice. Don't worry, though. As usual, I will have a plethora of links in the show notes to help guide you further. So let's get started. Number one, research e-commerce business models. There isn't a single business structure out there that works for everyone. Service-based business, software, digital product sales, and physical products are just a taste of what's out there. And before you decide to sell what to sell online, you need to understand the different business models that are available to you. So let's start with one that I think we all understand. Wholesaling and warehousing. This requires a lot of investment at the start, as you need to manage inventory and stock, keep track of customer orders and shipping information, and invest in the warehouse space itself. Dollar Days, for example, is an online wholesaler with a massive product catalog. They offer case prices and piece prices, selling to the general public and retailers. Wholesale businesses are all about volume, though. You need to push products out to eBay, Amazon, Google, etc. And there are websites that handle this part for you, such as Big Commerce and Xcart. Now, next is private labeling and manufacturing. These are companies that manufacture products off-site for sale, sending the plans to a contracted manufacturer who then produces the product to specifications and can either ship directly to the consumer, third party such as Amazon, or to the company selling the final product. This is great if you have an idea for a product, but you don't have the cash or the desire to just build your own factory. Startup costs here are minimal, and you can change suppliers if you encounter issues with product quality. Next is white labeling. In this case, 
you choose a product that is already successfully sold by another company, but offers white label options. So you can design your packaging label and sell the product. This is most commonly used in the beauty and wellness niche. One problem is demand because you're stuck with whatever you order. If you can't sell it, you just have to get over it because companies typically set a minimum production quantity. All right. Next is subscriptions. Now, this is a very common model used by some of the most successful e-commerce brands out there, such as Dollar Shave Club, Blue Apron, and Stitch Fix. The general idea is that consumers receive a box of products at regularly scheduled intervals. These companies have pretty reliable income streams and can incentivize customers to purchase additional subscriptions. Picking the right products and niches here can be difficult because subscription boxes often fall into a small handful of product categories. Affiliate marketing. This is an e-commerce model built on revenue sharing. You are essentially selling something, a product or service, on behalf of someone else and earning a commission. For instance, you can visit many websites now and find affiliate links. Let's say I put an affiliate link for mouthwash on my webpage. Anyone, anytime that somebody visits my website, they could click on that link and buy the product. Then I would get a commission for that. However, you do need to, uh, quite a bit of traction on your websites to get enough sales to really make a difference. Social media influencers promote affiliate products and links often, and you'll see this. It's, it's very common. This is uh, a subject that can get pretty detailed, so I'm probably going to give this one its own rabbit hole episode at a later date. Next up, retail arbitrage. Pretty simple on the surface. You just find and purchase products from retail stores and then list them for sale in online marketplaces for a higher price. There's less marketing needed since you're purchasing products that people are already looking for. Of course, there are some caveats since only authorized resellers can sell branded products. There's also quite a bit of legwork involved with figuring out which products to buy and sell, and then of course, storing them somewhere after you've bought them. Your garage could get pretty full here. Which leads us to the most intriguing of the bunch, in my humble opinion. Drop shipping. This might be the simplest form of e-commerce. It's like retail arbitrage in that you buy the products yourself, but you don't carry inventory. Instead of taking care of your own fulfillment, you send the orders to your seller who then sends the product to customers. You have to establish yourself with wholesalers so that you have products to sell, but you're ultimately in control of the products that you choose to actually sell. You don't have to manage inventory, warehouse stock, or deal with packaging. However, margins can be pretty thin sometimes since someone else is doing most of the work. And if there are problems with the order, it's on your head. Once again, we're probably going to do a rabbit hole of that one. Now, number two for, for starting your own e-commerce business is to start e-commerce niche research. Once you've decided on a particular business model or blend, it's time to do some research. Choosing your niche is perhaps the most important step in opening your online business. It helps to identify successful companies that are already working in the space. You want to be kind of like Goldilocks here. You know, you, you want to find a niche that is competitive because no competition likely means there's no market either. But you don't want to pick an overly crowded niche either. You want to pick a product category with a minimum of a thousand keywords and focus on blog niches that do well on social media where publishers in the area are affiliates on Amazon. If you can have a few affiliate marketing opportunities along the way, you won't have to worry about shipping as much as product while still making a profit. Number three, validate target market and product ideas. 
Now that you have your model and your niche, it's time to get products, right? Wrong. You need to think about your avatar and who you're selling to first. Who are you? What does the store represent? Who are your ideal customers? You need a consistent brand image, and it should connect with your persona in some way. Luckily, Facebook can help you here with ad tools to find your target audience. You can get really detailed numbers and demographics information. And this info can help you to avoid narrowing down too much. If you start searching for single moms with two children and miniature schnauzers living in New Hampshire, chances are your market's going to be too small to draw upon. Sales is all about numbers. So you want to make sure your target audience is large enough to give you the sales that you seek. Once you've identified your brand name, image, and customer that you're appealing to, it's time to come up with product ideas. You may only want a handful at first to help keep those investment costs low. Before you invest in a product, you'll want to closely evaluate it. Uh, part of validating your idea is determining the viability of it. Can suppliers meet your pricing? Is there a backup if your supplier falls through? Now, number four is to register your business and brand name. All right. Now, this is all stuff that you've likely heard before on uh, other podcasts uh, and other rabbit holes that I've done. First, you need to choose your business name and register that company through your state of choice. You can check with your Secretary of State's office to make sure that the business name isn't already in use. The name of your site and the legal name of your business don't necessarily have to be identical, but consistency there does have some benefits. Next, you'll need to get whatever business license is necessary for your pursuit because no, being online doesn't exclude you from needing certain licenses and permits. Make sure you get those approvals before you start operating. The Small Business Association has plenty of resources to help you get started, including a mentor-protege network and courses on small business basics. It really helps to find someone experienced who can show you the ropes. Next, you'll get your employer identification number, or EIN, which is a simple process. And then you'll open a bank account. After that, you'll need to shop around to find a vendor that you want to do business with long-term. This includes your e-commerce software as well. So make sure you're thinking about scalability from the outset. Next, create your logo and visual image. You don't have to be incredibly original here, but it does need to be consistent and resonate with your target audience. Step five, finalize your business plan. Things are looking good, but it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. This is the time to put your business plan together and determine your startup budget, loan needs, and monthly expenses. You'll wanna look at two categories here. Financial management, so figuring out your break-even point, both in sales and duration. So how many months can you go without being paid or, or uh, you know, making your, your bills? Identify your profit margins and make sure they're realistic. You'll want to figure out product sourcing, logistics, and a marketing budget. There are plenty of financial resources out there, so don't try to go it alone. Second, inventory management. Many business owners shy away from selling physical products online because they're worried about storage. Fortunately, you can use fulfillment centers like ShipBob to handle inventory for you. Inventory management software can also help keep your company organized, but it probably isn't necessary for beginners. Just order products from the manufacturer and have it sent straight to the fulfillment center of your choice. Logistics are important since you want to have happy customers. And six, create your online store. It's that time. Now you need to register your domain name and any redirect URLs that may be relevant. Whatever design that you chose earlier need to be compatible with the e-commerce software that you choose. 
and there are hundreds of them to choose from. You'll evaluate features such as loading speed, compatibility with different payment gateways, compatibility with your business structure, your own you know, personal web developer skills, SEO-friendly features, and more. Now, you don't need an expensive CRO expert or development company here. Just use a theme. It could cost as little as $100 to get a good template, depending on the shopping cart that you choose and what they offer. BigCommerce, Shopify, and WooCommerce all have templates. If you don't want to worry about credit card payments, just sell products online in a marketplace like Amazon. But it's not all about products and content. You need to also get your email marketing and automation set up as well. Email marketing is essential for driving conversions. Coupons, thank you emails, and upsells help you turn visitors into shoppers. And if an order goes wrong, shoppers will expect some sort of customer support. And lastly, number seven, you need to attract customers to your e-commerce store. Last but not least, this is what you got to do. This is where those search engine friendly features really come into play because the best e-commerce sites invest heavily in online marketing. If you don't have the funds for that, then you better get ready to do it yourself. Educate yourself through marketing newsletters or digital marketing podcasts. And no matter what you decide to sell, the first step in marketing is to create an email list. Now, you can do this by running a giveaway where the entry fee is your customer's email address. This has the added benefit of increasing brand presence and product visibility. And once you have an email list, you can then tailor your content to customer wants and needs. Work on building those relationships with customers. It'll go a long way. You also need to track your website's performance. Are you driving folks to your site, but nothing is selling? Use Google Analytics to help you out with this stuff because you can monitor and optimize every step of the sales process. Now, any e-commerce business has its pros and cons, and that largely depends on your chosen business model. If you want to turn a profit without touching your product or investing heavily at the start, drop shipping or print on demand are good choices. If you have an idea for the perfect product or you just have a favorite product that you'd like to sell under your brand, then you can look into white labeling and manufacturing. If you like carefully curating sets of products for your clients, then subscriptions might be for you. Or if you just want a warehouse full of cool stuff, then looking into a wholesaling model and you know, be prepared to invest more upfront. If you like focusing on marketing and sales, you can choose a single product category and supplement it with affiliate marketing. The possibilities really are endless when it comes to online sales. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this overview of e-commerce. I plan to explore a couple of these business models in future rabbit hole episodes, particularly wholesaling and warehousing, affiliate marketing, and dropshipping. In the meantime, I have a ton of resources in the show notes for you to check out, including a couple of links from ecommerceceo.com, as well as a couple of books, such as Launch, An Internet Millionaire's Secret Formula to Sell Almost Anything Online by Jeff Walker. Now, Jeff, uh, he developed several businesses from his basement, and he sold them later for thousands of dollars. Today, he's actually a trainer and digital maestro teaching his launch formula to others. Next is the complete e-commerce book, Design, Build, and Maintain a Successful Web-Based Business by Janice Reynolds. This book takes you from the most basic concepts of building your own e-commerce store to making it the most successful web-based business. And lastly, Get Rich Click, The Ultimate Guide to Making Money on the Internet by Mark Ostrovsky. This book is a step-by-step process that focuses on how entrepreneurs can achieve their goals through the use of different social media platforms. 
Mark covers small entrepreneurs to major corporations, showing how they all made money online with digital products. That's going to do it for the show today. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. This show only grows because of you, so make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or colleague to help them on their passive income journey. And I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or potential rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming show, make sure you rate and review on your podcast player. I check those all the time and cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me and gain access to passive investment opportunities, like our current Minnesota apartment offering, make sure you find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Until next time, be safe and take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On Call Capital. They are dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.